everybody, I'm Mitch Goldich, and welcome to episode 10 of Mitch Eats Food, a podcast where I talk about eating food. Thanks, as always, to those of you who have subscribed, especially anyone who has left a rating or a review in iTunes, and I like to read these every once in a while. I got one recently from somebody named Peanut Vendor, so I have no idea who this is. They might be a stranger, they might be a friend of mine, but they wrote, bite-sized podcast with big flavor. And then that was the name, and then the actual review says, I made a food pun, get it? Anyway, Mitch Eats Food is a fun, quick podcast that anybody who appreciates stuffing tasty morsels into their face hole will enjoy. Give it a listen. Five stars. Thank you, Peanut Vendor. That is a good pun. I did get it. I appreciate all puns. You are welcome to be like Peanut Vendor and go leave me a review and a rating in iTunes. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for pictures of all these meals so that you know what I'm talking about. But now let's roll into episode 10, and I'm excited because I have another guest today. So the 10th episode, I think it's the third one where I've had a guest. This is a guy I've known for a very long time. He and I went to summer camp together when we were kids, and I believe I actually read a comment from him during an early episode because he is the uh, self-described tuna lover who was pleased that I spoke about tuna in my first real meal. He is David November. Nob, how's it going? Thanks so much for having me, Mitch. This is a great honor. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I'm getting my big break here. This could be your big big break. Is this, this is your first podcast, I'm guessing? It is my first podcast, and it's not often that you know you feel like as it's happening that you're getting your big break, but I feel like I, I am, I've isolated this as that moment for me. So thank you for this opportunity. All right, let's see if we can get like six or seven good minutes before we start calling this anyone's good break. How does that sound? Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so uh, so I live in New York, you live in Philly, and I was down in your neighborhood. We were at the Phillies game this weekend, and then we went out for brunch on Saturday morning, and you took me to a place called the Belgian Cafe in Philly, which is a spot that you like. Mm-hmm. So before we get into our meals, uh, why did you take me here? Is this a place you go to often? What is it about this spot that you said, this is a place I want to take Mitch for brunch? Yeah, uh, so the main reason I took you there was because of my own nostalgia, uh, I used to live in Fairmount, and I've since moved to South Philadelphia, uh, but Fairmount is where I really had some of my greatest memories post-college, and it's the year that, you know, that first year out of college, you spend every every dime that you have on food, and Belgian Cafe is where I shared a lot of meals with some close friends. Uh, it's where I shared a lot of early dates with my now wife. And I just love this place for the fall. It has an awesome ambiance. It's near the Eastern State Penitentiary, which for those who know Philly, uh, know that's a big deal in the fall. And so I figured I wanted to share that with you. All right. Well, thanks for doing that. And then you told me about how great this place was. I was surprised it was like empty on a beautiful Saturday morning. And there was <laughs> a, we were inside. There were like two tables in our room that had people at it. And I was a little surprised that it wasn't more crowded. So that was that was a little bit worrying at first because you always know, uh, <laughs> like when you want to try a good restaurant, go to the place that has a line outside or or is packed. And I was a little bit nervous because it was empty. So uh, what's yeah. the atmosphere usually it's, like on it? Was that like surprising to you too? Um, yeah, I mean it's still probably a little bit of a hidden gem. Um, it is sort of more crowded in the evening more known for dinner and there's just so many amazing food options in philadelphia right now uh that i think that you know individual places might not be as crowded um but yeah i I think it's an extremely popular place it just maybe it's not known 
necessarily for their brunch, but I certainly think it should be. Okay, yeah, I think it's known for their beer list because obviously it's called the Belgian Cafe, so it's uh, you know it's a Belgian place, and they had all kinds of Belgian beers. And we actually we started right off the bat, uh, and one thing I liked, we had some mimosas because what's a, a good brunch mm-hmm. with a couple of guys sitting at a table? Eventually, your wife did join us, but a couple of dudes sitting at the table ordering some mimosas. Uh, but it was fun because they actually put. Uh, a Belgian wheat beer in it with our orange juice instead of champagne. And it was like, uh, you know, the, the waitress suggested it to us. And I said, okay, let's give this a try. And then it came and it was actually, there was a lot of pulp in it. <laughs> like I was expecting, yeah. like I was expecting something that was just like, you know, smooth and easy to get down of just like a, a wheat beer and like a thin orange juice. And then it was like thick and pulpy, but it was really good. I liked it. I, I thought it was, uh, I've, I've had, so I, I told this to a couple people that I saw later that day. And they all said, oh, it's a man-mosa. And, like, I've heard other variations of the man-mosa. Like, that's an expression that I've come across before of, like, putting a splash of liquor or something else in it. But I had not heard of a man-mosa just being beer and orange juice. And it was, it was a nice little way to start the meal and get a little buzz going. Did you you had the man-mosa too, right? Or now I'm calling it that. The, the I did. I really enjoyed it. I, anything with mimosa in it is fantastic. And I think... You know, adding a nice variation to that is always appreciated. And I think they really own their theme. They have over 100 uh, bottled beers. Um, they, as you said, they're known for their Belgian, Belgian wheat beers. And so why not just include that in everything? And so I think they did a really nice job sort of owning that part of the menu. Um, it's very tasty. Definitely more than mimosa, so it's not sort of a all-you-can-drink situation. I wouldn't recommend more than two or three of those. Um, but Sound like a man who definitely knows, knows that from experience. <laughs> I, I do, sadly, yeah. <laughs> I'm known for my unlimited mimosas. They also they had beers that were like 23 and $25 on the menu. It was like looking at, and I don't think either of us are wine connoisseurs, like to be able to taste the difference between no. a $40 bottle of wine and a $100 bottle of wine. But they had, uh, you know, they had like $25 beers and things that if you're really, uh, you know, a beer snob, you might go for it. And uh, I think we uh, stayed away from that that side of the menu. They had like a little thing yes, on the table with specials, and that was uh, not up our alley. <laughs> um, so, so real fast. Totally agree with you. So let's talk about our meals. Um, you had a burger at 11:30 in the morning, and <laughs> you were up early. You didn't have breakfast. This was the first thing. I, I feel like I'm interviewing here. I'm asking you all the questions. We're going to get to me, and I'll, 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 we'll talk about my meal. But, but before you get to even the burger, like this decision, because this actually – this sounds like something I would normally do, and I went with a more traditional breakfast meal. But uh, real fast, your, your thoughts on just having a burger for breakfast at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I definitely wrestle with this. I wrestle with it pretty much every single time I go to brunch. Do you get lunch or do you get breakfast? I'm positive I'm not the only one in this situation. Every single time lunch seems to prevail uh, because I love a really good burger. And if I'm at a place that has a great burger, uh, I do not have the willpower to say no to that, uh, even if I should. Uh, And I had no regrets this time either. The Brower Burger uh, comes with mushrooms and onions. And honestly, it actually is supposed to have goat cheese, which I find disgusting. Uh, So I went with the cheddar and I went with a medium rare burger, which is how I always like it. And... God, was it good. All right. Well, I like goat cheese. <laughs> I'm just, you called it disgusting. I'm going to just let that sit there. And I think that's a conversation for another day. 
but uh, I'm glad you made your substitution and got the burger that you wanted. And the fries, too. You love the fries there. And I tried some of those. I yeah. did not try – I didn't have a bite of your burger, but I, I did uh, pick at your fries, and they were also very good, I can say. Yeah, I don't know exactly the way to pronounce them. The What is it? Pomas fritas or the pom frites? Pom I still frites, haven't figured this one out yet. Okay. <laughs> um, just spectacular. And the dipping sauce for those were unbelievable. And I always put some of that sauce as sort of a, a mayo aioli type sauce on the burger as well. And that's always a really great touch at this particular place. Yeah, they're good fries. And usually I like a big fry because I like to dip. And usually I go barbecue sauce or some kind of, like, this was like a chipotle mayo aioli, like you said, which was good. And these were small fries. They're not like the shoestring ones. Sometimes when the fries are small, they're really just, like, too hard to dip and you don't get a lot of good sauce on them. Um, but these were, like, small and they had just, like, a good texture because they had, like, a nice seasoning on them. But they uh, they were still, like, firm enough that you could dip them in the sauce and they, they didn't, like, fall apart. Or, like, when they – oh, the worst is when they break in half and then you, like, you know, you lose your guy half of your fry in the sauce – and got to pull it out. These were like little fries, but they were still firm enough that they were good for dipping, which is always a plus for me. Absolutely. These fries are so good that if I were just walking by this place at a random time at 3 o'clock, I would walk in and just order the fries. They're that good. Yeah. Um, and and Laura uh, checked in before we all ordered. She made sure you were getting something with fries. And then uh, when the, the waitress <laughs> almost took your plate and she was like, are you done? And you, I think, were done. And we were like, no, I think we're going to finish this. So made sure we mm-hmm. ate every last yep. ride. Yep. All right. Absolutely. Well, I went and uh, – and I so you actually – you emailed me a couple of places when we were trying to figure out where we should go. And I was immediately drawn to this place because of the meal called the breakfast pasta, which is what I went with because it just uh, struck me as something – and like you, you know, I've done brunch and, and same thing. You wrestle with should I get breakfast, should I get lunch, and I've had all kinds of different like lunch type options for brunch. But I don't know that I've seen anything quite like this or haven't had it in a long time. Uh, nothing really comes to mind as a place that has this kind of meal. But the breakfast pasta was awesome. It had uh, pappardelle noodles, which are like long, uh, like very wide, flat noodles. They're almost like uh, like a fettuccine that are like, uh, you know, twice as, twice as wide or even longer than that. So it was a big bowl of these noodles, and it was in a really good light dill cream sauce. But then what made it breakfasty is that it had smoked salmon, like big chunks of salmon, lots of it. And then it actually had two eggs over easy covering the plate. So it was pasta, eggs, and salmon, and everything just went really well together. I don't usually order eggs over easy. Um, I like them fried or sunny side up or scrambled. You know, there are a lot of different variations of eggs that I – those are kind of the main three that I would order, but I'm willing to try other things. So over easy, not something I would typically order, but it kind of worked perfectly because I had these two runny yolks and the sauce just worked really well, where it was the kind of thing you can just cut open the egg and let the yolk run all over it. And the yolk was delicious with the sauce, with the salmon, with the pasta, and it was over this big bowl. And I just thought it was a, a cool little idea for a meal. And, you know, I've had all kinds of pasta dishes and usually they're, they're lunch or dinner or whatever. Um... And, you know, I like a, a meat sauce or a sausage or some cheese or whatever, but this was just, I thought, an interesting way to do breakfast to get your eggs in because, uh, you know, to me, a, a brunch, I love a meal with eggs in it, and that just makes it kind of feel like a brunch. You know, I'll do my chicken and waffles and my other sort of traditional brunch dishes, but to do something that was like a pasta was a fun way to start the day, and a pasta covered in eggs, it felt like I was having a real breakfast meal, and this was like a hybrid breakfast lunch, so like a perfect meal for brunch. 
So I saw it on the menu a week ago, and I said, yes, let's go to this place because I want the breakfast pasta. And then I ordered it, and then it totally lived up to the hype, and it was exactly what I wanted and a perfect meal to start the day. Uh, I have to tell your listeners, you you engulfed this, and I got to say it was seven minutes maybe, (laughs) max. And I've never seen someone consume – I mean, you just described a huge amount of food, so many things in there, and you just systematically dismantled it. Yeah, I was very I, impressed. Thank you, thank you. I can eat fast. Usually, I try and uh, tone it down a little bit when I'm uh, <laughs> when I, I'm with company because it's awkward when you're like the first one done and then you're sitting there watching everyone else eat. But this one, I was starving and uh, just went went right into it. And and you're right, I uh, I finished this one a little quickly. So thank you, uh, thanks for sharing my speed eating prowess. All right, we have to get out of here, but real fast before we take off, um, we had dessert and we have to mention that because it was part of the meal. Uh, a Belgian place, and so they had a few desserts, and one of them, uh, they had these awesome donuts. Do you want to tell people about the donuts, or should I? Yeah, so uh, I never get dessert pretty much for any meal. Uh, I'm just not that into it, and usually I fill up quickly, but we found these fantastic donuts. I believe it was a cinnamon sugar type situation um, drizzled with caramel sauce. And it was just this fantastic deal. There were three people at the meal, three donuts for like five bucks. So we pretty much had to do it. Um, And I was pleasantly surprised. I should probably get dessert more often after this one. But honestly, the taste is great. Perfect texture. I love myself cinnamon sugar. Um, Usually don't like any sauce, but this caramel sauce was really subtle. Uh, So I really enjoyed that as well, just to top it all off. Yeah, it was like the perfect amount of cinnamon and sugar. Sometimes there's too much and it falls off or, you know, gets all over your hands like you're eating Cheetos. This was just like a dusting and it was perfect. Like you said, the sauce was good. We had trouble figuring out if it was chocolate or caramel and then we just like drizzled it all over and we're like eating it out of the communal container and just like whatever, let's eat this. And I think you left out the best part. The dessert on the menu was called the Piping Hot Donuts. And then I would say yep. they were absolutely piping hot. They were they were just like perfectly warm, like you could tell, just fresh out of the oven. And this was awesome because I felt my pasta was good, but it felt like I wanted a little bit something else uh, and something to go with it. And this helped make it feel, again, more like a brunch because it was like I had a pasta and then I had my donuts. And it was like a nice big meal because sometimes – I don't know. In my mind, a brunch feels like it should be big. It's like you're combining a couple of meals. You want to be full for a while. And so it was good to, to get some piping hot donuts. I thought it was a, a perfect dessert and uh, a good part of the experience of being at this place, the Belgian Cafe. Absolutely agree. All right. Well, we are way over. This is like almost twice as long as the longest episode that we've had. So I want to take us out now and say thanks again, everybody, for following and listening and subscribing. You can check us out in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please go ahead and write a rating and a review in iTunes. Tell me what you think. It helps other people find the podcast. You can follow me at Mitch Goldich on both Twitter and Instagram. Search for Mitch Goldich on Facebook. You can uh, hear about the podcast. Tell me about the podcast. Look at the pictures of food, which is really the most important thing. You can also send questions, comments, feedback to MitchEatsFood at gmail.com. And once again, as I say every time, tell all your friends because that's the easiest way for word to spread. We are at double-digit episodes now, 10 of them, but the whole thing is still under two hours, so super easy to listen to compared to many other podcasts. Nav, guest number three, thanks for coming on. Hope you enjoyed it. Appreciate you. And uh, was, was it, do you think, was, was this your big break? Did that live up to your expectations? 
Uh, time will tell, but I had a blast. Thanks for having me on, Mitch. <laughs> sure thing. All right, thanks, everybody, and I'll talk to you again soon.